Welcome to season three of The Blunderbuss, Australia's best bus on which to talk about leadership failure. My name is Edward Vaughan. Join me as I travel far and wide on my special bus, The Blunderbuss, and have honest conversations with great leaders about some of their greatest leadership disasters. On The Blunderbuss, we think it's possible to learn more from your moments of failure than your moments of success, if you know the magic secret. And we also know that failure can be fun, especially other people's. Today's episode is sponsored by Baptist World Aid Australia because they also believe in leadership development and that learning from our blunders can help achieve audacious missions like theirs to be love and end poverty in the world. So today I've driven the blunder bus all the way to Beecroft in Sydney's leafy North Shore and I'm speaking to Kelly Crawford, the Public Engagement Coordinator of the Baptist Association of New South Wales and the ACT. Kelly, welcome on the bus. Hi, thanks for having me. It's tricky. That curve around the corner is <laughs> hard to get a bus up your driveway. Yeah, well, the moving truck actually hit the NBN line on the way. <laughs> 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 to fix that. <laughs> you're uh, not the first. <laughs> okay, okay. Hey, uh, Kelly, have you ever made a leadership mistake? Yeah, well, I've made a number of leadership mistakes. Um, You're on the right bus. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> it's a place of welcome. <laughs> so um, what? tell us about your leadership failure. Yeah, well, I was thinking back on my career a little bit. Um, I'm from the U.S. originally, and prior to moving to Sydney, I was working as a nutritionist for the Pittsburgh Food Bank. Pittsburgh? Yeah. I've been to Pittsburgh. It's a lovely city. I haven't driven the blunderbuss to Pittsburgh, but I've been to Pittsburgh. Well, you would have trouble doing that, but um, (laughs) it is a great place to visit. Um, And I, as part of my role, I would go to our food pantries and I would do cooking demonstrations and I would talk to people about nutrition and Mm -hmm. healthy eating, answer questions. But really it was trying to help people use foods that they might not otherwise use um, in healthy ways. And um, to show you how naive I was, I actually once cooked uh, greens for an African-American community. Right. Which is- <laughs> <laughs> this is cold to Newcastle, really, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was It was a really big mistake. Um, people were far more generous than they probably should have been to me at the time. <laughs> um, but one of the things I tried to do after I'd been in the role for a while was that I um, I thought, you know what? I... The, there's probably some changes we could make in, in, in what we do. Um, and so I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to take all of my education. I'm going to, you know, do a, do a study here. I'm going to do a needs assessment. I'm going to design a survey. I'm going to interview people. I'm going to collate that data. And then I'm going to write a proposal on what we could do differently. Sounds in great. This role. Yeah, right. Sounds like a good thing to do, right? <laughs> yeah, except um, <laughs> after I had done it. I later found out through my boss that the woman at our organization who was actually in charge of all the food pantries was actually quite upset. She was angry that I had done that. Um, And she didn't understand why I was doing it um, and probably wasn't in favor of me having done it. Did she experience it as a kind of criticism? I don't know. I um, at the time, I I I didn't understand what the issue was. Um, I you know was taking my education and my knowledge, and mm. I was applying it and thinking, oh, this is the right thing to do. Uh, looking back on it, I see some pretty significant errors that okay. I made okay. in that process. So what 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 did you do? Yeah, what well, did you do wrong? 
Well, I um, well, first of all, I really didn't even consider who the stakeholders were <laughs> in that process. Okay. Maybe having a conversation with people first. You didn't actually talk to any stakeholders. Oh, I mean, I basically just did it on my own. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so I didn't think about the pantry managers. Um, I mean, I did ask permission when I arrived if I could do some surveys, which they gave, but they weren't engaged in the consultation process at all, and neither was the person <laughs> that was in charge of that. The person in charge of running it wasn't. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You just didn't think of them? Well, I think uh, the nutrition department was operating in very much of a silo. Yes. Yes. So I I just kind of felt I had responsibility for my area and, you know, I didn't engage other parts of the organization at the time. Yeah. I think looking back on it as well, you know, um, you're going into – communities where people are experiencing a great deal of vulnerability at the sure. time. Yeah. I didn't reflect well at all on issues of power no. um, or race. Yeah. As well as the fact that, um, you know, I'm handing out a survey, a written survey, like there are literacy issues. You're right. Um, you know, was I making people feel uncomfortable? Yes. Did I even read what I was, you know, right. writing? Okay. Um, and so when I look back in it, I see, wow, there just were a whole number of oversights in that experience. Um, right. And the reality was that um, I proposed changes, but they never got off the ground. And okay. Because they didn't have... And a proper partnership and collaboration right. from the very beginning. Right, right. So a lot of wasted time and effort. Yeah, because you didn't have the support of the key mm. people to kind of mm. make this thing fly. Mm. Okay. So as you look back on that, yeah, what would you say, the, what did you learn out of that? Yeah, well, I think it's something I keep learning, to be honest, which is there often is a lot of pressure, I think, when you are in a role, we are working with subject matter that you kind of need to be an expert. Right. You know, or or there's this pressure to be an expert. Yeah, right. Um, and I find right now in my current role, I work across so many different subject areas that right. it's impossible. No one it's can impossible. be an expert yeah. in all these things. And I remember having a conversation with my friend, you know, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, and I had been working on a significant project. And I was under, I, I, I had put myself under a lot of pressure. And I just said, like, I'm just so afraid that I'm going to present this. I'm going to put this paper out there and it's going to get torn apart. It's going to get, I'm going to get eaten alive because I'm not an expert. And she just said, she does adaptive culture work for organizations. And she said, well, why do you think you have to be the expert? Yes. Like, what if your role is just about getting the right people in the room? Yes. Yes. And having the discussion. Yes. And leading the discussion well. Yes. And... For me, it was it was really a moment where uh, it was an aha moment, I think, for me. Yeah. And the reality is that what if our role is really about convening the table? Right. And it's really about facilitating the process yes. and listening and right. being in a posture of listening and learning and yes. encouraging that discussion and listening and learning in the room. Uh, one of the great... Uh, writers on coaching talks about um, staying curious just a little bit longer mm. before you become the expert, and so yeah, that as you say, bringing the posture of curiosity into the room. I, I don't know everything that you know, but I'm really curious, and I'd like to find out. And I think too, it also promotes an idea of well, who are all the voices that we need to have? And I think it helps you to think outside the box of who who the people in the room need to be. Yes. And often, you know, we need to have people in the room who aren't normally invited into those conversations. Right. That's tricky, though, isn't it? Like, how do you how do you find out who the people 
that we don't normally think about are, you know? I, I think it's it's trying and sometimes failing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Kelly, this, uh, you talk about, you know, the pressure to be the expert. Is the pressure to be an expert come from, is it external or is it internal? I, I think it's both. Right. But I think there's a lot of internal Internal pressure. pressure. And I think then you have to ask yourself some really key questions, identity questions. Right. You know, what is it that, you know, is preventing me from looking like I don't have the answers? Right. Um, am I afraid of failing? Am I afraid yes. of what other people think? Right. Um, have I built my identity around this role or have I built it around something far more secure? Right. Um, and, and what does it matter if somebody else ultimately thinks, oh, I don't know if this girl knows what she's talking about. Right. Um, what does it matter if, you know, you can go to some trusted individuals in your family, in your circle of friends yeah. um, who really, that's, that, those are the people that you're drawing yeah. kind of that identity yeah. from and, and also um, your identity in Christ. Right, yeah. So there's real vulnerability in this mm. really, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's one of the biggest things that I've been learning um, and challenging myself in is, is vulnerability. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Kelly, what have you learned about failure? Well, it's not. It's still not easy. <laughs> still, You're not finding failure to be fun. No. Is it ever really fun? <laughs> Only when it's other people's. But I, I think. I think though, when you, you do see other people, it makes it daunting for yourself. I think what I'm learning about failure is that it's not as bad as we've made it out to be. Right. Yeah. Right. And you have to experience it to yes. learn that. Yeah. And that you can pick yourself up. Yeah. And and start again. Yeah, it's interesting the way that you you put that because you know part of our aversion to failure is our fear of shame. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. how people are going to see us and That's right. perceive us. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I've been really excited to have had uh, Kelly Crawford on the Blunderbuss. I'm also really excited about a fantastic opportunity at Baptist World Aid. Through their matching grant appeal, one plus one equals a better world for all, you can help our global neighbours in vulnerable situations move closer to the fullness of life that God desires for each one of us. Even a small donation can have a big impact. Through this campaign, your donation will be helping God's work, providing real solutions for lifting people out of poverty, and you'll get a tax benefit and the Australian government will contribute to each donation. The Matching Grand Appeal ends June 30, 2021. So go now to www.baptistworldaid.org.au slash matching hyphen grant and take advantage of this offer. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the blunderbuss. It helps others to find out about this podcast. Thanks to Kelly, and we'll see you next time on the blunderbuss.